You're listening to SBS News. We're thrilled with the action plan that's been adopted. Fair Agenda, NRAPE on Campus Australia and a number of other advocates have been involved for months in a consultation process to help shape this plan. Um, and for many, many years, we have been calling for government to intervene and ensure there is oversight, transparency and accountability for universities and residences that are putting student safety at risk. And we believe that this plan puts us on track to finally get that. I know you have been very critical in the past with the, the snail's pace in response. What's your position on whether you're saying well, you're welcoming this, that, uh, that, that this will be effectively delivered? I mean, we have been talking about this issue for, for years and students and survivors have been speaking out about this issue for decades. So uh, it's been a long time coming. We're thrilled that this action is, is now locked in and that all the education ministers have approved it. Um, and we look forward to kind of working to make sure it's implemented as soon as possible. We understand there are um, some technicalities in terms of legislative reform in different jurisdictions that will mean some parts of it take time. But I think uh, we will, we're excited about making sure that as much of it is actioned as soon as possible, and particularly the establishment of standards. So the ombudsman is a really important part of the package. There's also new standards that will make sure that universities and residences are all required to provide um, respectful relationships, education that meets a particular standard, and also that their responses to students, survivors who are coming forward are appropriate. Um, that's really significant. So the Ombudsman will um, be one way of making sure that those standards are met, but there'll also be a new expert unit uh, in the Department of Education that will have the ability to have oversight of those standards and to uh, undertake compliance action. So there's a number of interrelated reforms that we believe deliver the oversight, transparency and accountability that's needed to really shift university and residence approaches, which for too long have often prioritised their reputation above the safety of their students. And do you see that as the true value of bringing an ombudsman in, that we do need that independence here to deal with a problem that there's been maybe an inertia or a reluctance to really address? Yeah, I think for too long we've seen that some universities and residences aren't willing to do this for the right reasons, for student safety and wellbeing and educational outcomes. And so I think having an ombudsman and an expert unit who will actually uh, have the ability to oversight these issues and to hold institutions accountable really change the equation for providers who have previously deprioritized this issue and will also provide a really important avenue for students and survivors who are harmed to have recourse and to make sure they're actually heard and their complaints are actioned, which we haven't seen under the current approach. In terms of the the harm, the lived experience of the students, what have been the impacts and how quickly do we need to move to, to get this mechanism in place? I mean, universities and residences should be doing everything they can to improve their own prevention and response approaches as soon as possible. They don't need to wait for the government to act on this. There's already a lot of evidence about what they can be doing to meet good practice levels. The reform um, that's been passed or that's been approved by ministers today is very much about creating a system that makes sure that those who are not meeting those standards are held to account. 
for people who haven't been following it. Who do we know and what, what are some of the stories that have come out in terms of who have been impacted when we talk about this issue of assault and safety on university campuses? Is it women? Is it international students? People from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds? Give us a picture of just how you know deep this issue has been that to finally you're so happy to, to see some action on. Yeah, all of the groups of students that you've just mentioned, unfortunately, are really impacted by this issue. The most recent data that we have from the National Student Safety Survey that was undertaken in 2021 shows that um, right now, 275 students are sexually assaulted in university contexts every single week. That is a shocking and unacceptable number. Um, and then when you look at... Uh, you know, a student survivor trying to come forward to their university to seek support. That might look like getting adjustments so that they don't have to um, attend a tutorial that the person who harmed them is also in the room for, or adjustments so that they have a little bit more flexibility around how they're engaging with their exams, and particularly um, whether or not they need to be in the same room as the person who harmed them. Um, and the process for, for being able to raise that with your university is uh, not always leading to good safety or educational outcomes for students. In fact, sometimes students are dropping out because that experience is so bad. And what's worse, sometimes the way that universities respond to a student coming forward are actually like compounding the harm. So we see this issue impacting student safety and student well-being and also student educational outcomes. As you say, as they go through the process of trying to get some action or redress, they've been further traumatised, it sounds like, from their experiences. There's no mechanism of which they've been able to get what they feel is an adequate response. There's no real recourse for a student whose residence or university is failing them. And we haven't had uh, an effective system that somebody has been able to go to uh, that's independent. And so that's why uh, the National uh, Student Ombudsman is so uh, significant and important, because it will mean that students have access to actually make a complaint and to get recourse. And that could include things like the Ombudsman telling uh, their university that they need to uh, adapt their policies or processes to make sure that students are better supported or it could mean um, for a particular student that their experience means that the university needs to refund or credit one of their course fees because they haven't been supported to participate and complete that. Do you anticipate there'll be opposition to the action plan as, as agreed to as announced by the education ministers? I would hope not. I think that uh, universities should already and residences should already be doing uh, all of the things that students require for their safety and so should therefore have no concerns about uh, compliance with these uh, new code. Um, unfortunately, we know that's not the case. Uh, I think universities and residences would be uh, best off focusing their, their efforts on making sure that they are doing everything possible to have best practice approaches to prevention and supporting um, students who've been impacted by sexual violence in their communities, uh, not on um, responding to this particular reform, which I think uh, is going to help create an environment that will deliver safer campuses into the future. What are your thoughts about what 
other actions could be taken to aid that prevention aspect of it. I know that um, there's been campaigns about consent education in, in lower levels of schooling education and um, maybe the role of alcohol in, in certain university campuses. Certainly the universities always emphasise uh, every person in society has a role to play when it comes to the, the culture and, and attitudes towards relationships. What are your thoughts on that? University and residents. Uh, leadership have a really important role to play uh, in a number of ways. The first is in uh, the provision of quality, respectful education, respectful relationships education, um, particularly making sure that the people who are providing that to their students and to their staff are appropriately qualified and have expertise in this area. Um, The second is on making sure that all of the signals that they're sending across their institution are reinforcing the messages around the unacceptable nature of violence. And that means making sure that those who are perpetrating violence in your community uh, are not enabled and are not, um, you know, and that there are consequences and deterrence for that kind of behaviour, which means holding perpetrators accountable. Unfortunately, one of the things that we've seen in recent years is that perpetrators are not held accountable sometimes to the extent that people who have um, been reported to have caused harm are actually hired into positions on staff or as tutors within the same university and essentially put in a position that enables them to cause future harm. And Renee, you've been advocating for this on, a, on for a number of years. What are your thoughts on the point we've reached where we've had, a, you know, recognition on multiple levels of government that uh, they need to step in and that serious action needs to be taken to address this issue when perhaps it may have just been not acknowledged that this was an issue in the past? Really significant and positive. And I think it's a testament to years and decades of advocacy, particularly from students and victim survivors who've so bravely spoken about these issues. There have been so many people involved in advocating on these issues over the year. You know, students, survivors, sexual assault services, academics, journalists, there's been a number of people And I think everybody who's been involved should be reflecting and uh, celebrating the progress and the step forward that we've made today towards safer universities.